0: Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Ezri. Welcome in to the podcast. It is November 30th, 2022. Today's podcast is going to be uh similar to what I ran a couple of days ago. Um run it's kind of run off of a couple of major headlines for you guys. We did have the Trevor Gott signing a couple of days ago. I ran off just a couple of base stats I knew off of him from just quick couple of minutes of research. I did a couple more more deeper dives into who he is, what he can uh, anticipate coming from him out of the bullpen, what his role can be, how he fits into everything, and all that good jazz. We got some um, MLB hot stove information. I got some updates. Uh, There's a report on Bleach Report I'm going to get into here as well. Uh, a couple of Mariners Seahawks updates, some Kraken uh, stuff that was a crazy block uh roller coaster blockbuster of emotions last night. With that being said, if you guys enjoy the content today, please do me a ginormous ginormous favor and subscribe leave a rating. Uh, we're got about we over 10 ratings, so uh, hoping to get that to 20. Uh, I know uh, we, I recently hit the 60 subscriber mark, which uh, thank you so, so much to everybody for doing that. If you guys are subscribed, and if you don't mind uh, just taking a minute out of your day or, or before you listen and just give me a star review. It doesn't have to be five-star rating. I would prefer a five-star rating, but I appreciate all ratings possible. Thank you so, so much. I'm going to leave it there. Um, Mariners, obviously, as I touched on here about a minute or so ago, that there was a signing a couple days ago for a major league contract. His name is Trevor Gott. He came out of the Milwaukee Brewers system. Kind of just basic couple info on him. Just getting it straight out out of the gate here. There's not a lot of prevalent around the world stuff right now. A lot of it's soccer, FIFA World Cup. Um, I'm not covering the FIFA World Cup because I absolutely know jack monkey squat nothing about soccer. Um, some of you guys would maybe like that. I don't know. I, once again, that's why I like pop on the feedback, letting you guys or letting me know what you guys want to hear. But, um, back to Trevor Gott, just real quick, because some people have asked about what if I'm going to be covering the FIFA World Cup. I am not going to be doing that, um, unless it's obviously they get to, you know, Team USA gets like, you know, the final stage or something, then maybe I'll talk a little bit about it. But that's as far as I'm going to go. Uh, Trevor Gott's 30 years old. Apologize for me bumping back and forth, but there's been a lot of questions about that. Uh, 45 games played last year at the major league level, 45 innings pitched, 44 strikeouts, 3 and 4 record on the season last year, 4.14 ERA. Negative 0.2 wins above replacement. Uh, A lot of people will see the negative and think, why did we sign somebody to a major league contract who had a negative war value? Well, it's pretty simple. The Milwaukee Brewers were bad last year. They were not a good team. They did not score a lot of runs. Uh, They really relied upon the long ball, kind of like what the Mariners did. Uh, Rowdy Telez was a nice... uh, Kind of an addition to them last year. Uh, it's kind of a sad state of affairs for Milwaukee. Uh, a lot of reports are they're still interested in trading Corbin Burns or Brandon Woodruff. Um, I'd probably imagine they'll keep Burns and probably trade Woodruff. Just because of the age and the time and the, ar- the arbitration and the money. Because Milwaukee just doesn't pay anybody money. That's just a fact. Um, they're like Pittsburgh. They don't really like pay guys money. So, a uh, th- three-pitch guy for for Trevor Gott. Uh, it's kind of like a sinker, uh, cutter, slider uh, his best pitch by far is definitely his cutter. He gained four inches of break. I talked about that on the previous podcast. Um, but he's gonna be an interesting guy. Probably fill in for that Eric Swanson role. Probably mid relief. Probably see him kind of. I've heard a uh, locked on Mariner. shout out Colby Patno, Tiding, and Gonzalez. I believe they're off today. A couple of guys that I uh, don't work with, but I definitely work alongside, trying to get some more in- information. So, um, opponents hit only 169 off his cutter last year. 170 on the four seam, slugging 356 respectively, and 404 as well on those two pitches. Trevor Gotts, a very interesting player. Uh, a lot of people are comparing him. Some people can compare him, uh, a.k.a. Shout out Kobe Patnode to, to Nick Vincent. Um, Honestly, you know, this might be a little bit of a shot in the dark here. He, he, the way his wind-up, his build and everything, he reminds me of a cheap man's right-handed version of Josh Hader. Josh Hader throws really freaking hard, has pretty decent location in general uh but this is like a cheap man's version of josh Hader. he's got a wipeout cutter decent slider the sinker's got really good tail he does struggle mightily against lefties he's a right-handed masher uh right-handed specialist excuse me so uh the contract's gonna be for me for about 1.1 1.3 million dollars so it's gonna be an interesting signing for the ball club i like the overall fit for the for the money and the value obviously if they can get a different or a better bullpen piece um, a couple names I've been uh, watching and kind of seeing what happens. Isaiah Campbell and our prospect system and our farm rankings. he's gonna be very close, if not ready to go for depending upon how he performs in spring training. He's got the best change up of anybody in the organization. It's fantastic pitch, his best pitch to his out pitch. Um he's I believe he'll be he'll be really good. Uh, Pre-lander Baroa is a name that's really popular right now in a lot of people's circles. Uh, Jason Churchill's talked about him a fair amount, uh, other guys included. so, He's going to be an interesting guy to watch he was the guy we got back for the donovan walton trade to the san francisco giants this last season so i'll be a couple of names bryce miller who's probably our best pitching prospect most polished would be taylor dollard but taylor dollard specifically a starting pitcher he doesn't have the ability really unless in a pinch to go back to the bullpen so i'll be Chris Toppins with that but uh that's kind of the ins and outs on trevor gott and the latest signing and moves for the seattle mariners there was a report that came out just a couple of hours ago in Bleach Report that stated that the Seattle Mariners are exclusively looking for a left-handed bat at second base. Um they had the picture of Adam Frazier uh, just for a link there. I don't believe that there's any way Adam Frazier returns this or his organization. Um, it would be in case if he lost everybody and the prices for trades are way too high, but you can't just settle on bringing in an Adam Frazier level quality of player. He's fine player. He's nothing fancy like he used to be back in the day. He was he used to be a very consistent player. But unfortunately, those days are well long gone and past. So uh, name uh, A couple of names on the list for left-handed bass to, to pay attention to here. Colton Wong, like, like we've talked about, and everybody's talked about this off-season because it was one of the first names that I brought up. And during the hot stove season, the offseason is that the Mariners had discussions with Milwaukee about Colton Wong. He's on a one-year deal for $10 million. Uh, Brandon Lau, there's been a lot of reports about him on Twitter, stuff, stuff like that. Um, there has been some conversation from John Paul Morosi of the MLB Network about Brandon Lau and the fit for, with, 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 the, with the Mariners. Brandon Lau is such a hard conversation to have. And I'm gonna take a couple of minutes to explain why. Brandon Lau is young. He's 27 years old, going to be 28. He has three more years of club control on, underneath of him. He has a lot of injuries, right? A lot of uh, the last couple of seasons, he had an abdominal injury and a tricep injury last year. He only played 70 games. He had a 1.0 war. I, I referenced and mentioned that in the previous podcasts. Um, This guy has the potential on the upside to by far be an all-star because he was one two years ago when he hit 39 home runs, had a five-war season. The dude was an absolute masher. He's got great power. He's got a decent swing path. He doesn't, you know, his chase rate isn't the greatest thing in the world. He is known to chase a little bit. But the value to get him is going to be the main concern and the conversation. I've been in a lot of heated conversations on Twitter. You can find me a little shout out on Twitter. My link is at PNWProfessor, uh, capital P N W Professor is not in full caps. Uh, just in case you guys want to follow up on there. I do post every single thing and share and retweet everything I can to get you guys updated on everything that I see throughout the course of a day, which is a hell of a lot of stuff. So. If you guys want more hot stuff conversation, you want to know the ins and outs of everything going on inside the sports world that really is prevalent uh, to what we do here in the the Pacific Northwest, please give me a follow. Um, It's a great way to kind of keep up on the facts and the inside scoop. So in case I miss something on the podcast, it's always on my Twitter page. The Brandon Lau conversation, though, coming back to this, is such an intriguing conversation because Brandon Lau having 39 home run ability at second base obviously is intriguing for Jerry and Justin, obviously. Uh, they announced today that they had a promotion for Andy McKay, who was the director of play uh, player uh, growth, I believe it was something along those lines. Uh, he got promoted to a higher role today. Uh, I believe it's like an assistant general manager or something along those lines. So congratulations to Andy. He is very well beloved in this or, in this organization and by the players. Julio Kelenic, um, Kirby. Uh, Gilbert, all those guys really speak glowingly and highly of Andy and the job he's done with grooming them into being the players and men they are today. So so congratulations, Andy, on your promotion. Well-deserved, and we're very grateful and lucky to have you in in our organization. We did lose a coach, a bench coach this week, going to Cincinnati Reds. Uh, as the first base coach, my apologies for not having the name. I know it's Coleman something, but I don't know his last name. So I, my apologies there for you guys. But just giving you the update as on that as well. The conversation about the value to acquire Brandon Lau is going to be fairly simple, but also kind of difficult. And when I say that is the the Rays are absolutely fascinated with Matt Brash. This has been multiple conversations, multiple reports from multiple different people citing the, the fact that the Rays really like Matt Brash. And for good reason, because Matt Brash is absolutely disgusting. He has one of the best overall stuffs in baseball, movement-wise, velo, club control, all that jazz, right? So a lot of people, like I was talking about with heated conversations, they say if you sh- if you could trade Matt Brash and a prospect f- to get Brandon Lau, do it. And I was very, very clear in how I felt. I said, and I quote I'm quoting my, my tweet right now, I would be pissed off if the Mariners traded Matt Brash for, for for Brandon Lau because you don't know what you're going to get out of Brandon Lau. So here's the question. Would you rather have the question mark and the potential upside? you right, and having three more years of him under your club, you know, under your thumb, Jerry and Justin, and giving away one of your best, highly touted, prized prospect pitching guys in Matt Brash that has... We don't even know what his potential can be. That's the craziest thing. He has absolutely disgusting stuff, like just like I talked about. He has the potential to be a starting pitcher. He has the potential to be an Edwin Diaz kind of closer that has so much value in this industry. So... Do you risk trading that kind of a player, that kind of a prospect for a player in Brandon Lau, who's going to be fairly affordable, not going to cost you a lot of money, has a couple of, a couple more years of, uh, of of club maintenance underneath him, right? This is the con. This is the main thing, and I still just can't bring myself to trade Matt Brash. If you can trade Emerson Hancock, let's say you do Emerson Hancock. Uh, for those who don't know, he's a pitching prospect of ours, top ten. Um, if you could trade him, like. Uh, like Spencer Packard probably isn't high enough, but maybe like a Gabriel Gonzalez who's been really rising lately, I would hate to see him go. But something that's going to be of decent value uh, for Lau, then we can have that, have that reasonable calm conversation, excuse me. But I just don't want to see the Mariners trade uh, Matt Brash. I don't want to see it happen. I see him so much as that Kerry Wood kind of player where he's just got nasty, ridiculous, hard-throwing stuff that lasts for, you know, Maybe it's a couple of years. Maybe he lasts for longer than, than anticipated. Who who the heck knows? But it's a good calm conversation to have, and uh, I want to take a couple minutes to get into that. A couple names that I'm also going to throw out there. There's a name. His name is Vidal Brujan. He is a Triple A prospect through Tampa Bay. He is switch hitting. He is a utility guy. He has great contact ability skills. He has not had a lot of time at all of any in the major league level, so he's strictly a prospect still. But he is one of the most highly touted prospects still in baseball, without a doubt. And I know the Mariners are interested in him. Uh, He would be kind of like the better man's version of Dylan Moore. Uh, Obviously, being able to have another switch hitting bat, they really covet covet that. And they love Dylan Moore. I don't think Dylan Moore is going to go anywhere uh, this this offseason unless it would be for a big-time bat off the bench to kind of— uh, reciprocate or duplicate what we have and the uh, the value and what Dylan Moore brings us off the bench and his ability to play about every other position besides for catcher okay um so that's gonna be my mariner stuff for today for you guys i'll keep on digging uh, everything that keeps bringing up if there's uh, obviously fan fiction friday still so trying to get more information and more comments from you guys on what you guys want me to talk about if you guys want me to do more fan fiction stuff or if you want to be a more of a consistent weekly thing uh, please let me know. Reach out to me on my Twitter handle. You can reach out to me on Facebook through my Facebook sports group. Sports of the Northwest it has a TL Mariners insignia on there. Please let me know. I really appreciate it. I want to do fan fiction Fridays. I want to do trade proposals. Those are really fun to walk through, but, uh, I can't do them unless I get them from you guys. So just let me know. I'm um, gonna leave it there. A couple hot stove updates, and then we're going to transfer into Hawks. Uh, Yankees have officially offered Aaron Judge an eight-year, over $300 million deal offer from the Yankees. It's on the table via Jeff Passan. This is legit. This is not John Heyman. This is not Bob Nightingale. Nothing like that. No no, due disrespect to Bob Nightingale. Um, but I don't really trust either one of them, especially after the lockout information. So that's just my own personal thing. Uh, there's also a report coming out that it would be bad for both sides between Judge and the Giants to link up. I think it's a bunch of crap, to be honest with you. I think that there's just uh, somebody from the New York or East Coast media trying to sway the opinions of the West Coast fans and trying to scare the Giants fans into getting Aaron Judge And let me just put this very blatantly out there for you. If you honestly think that you're going to scare the San Francisco Giants fans from getting Aaron Judge, you're a moron. It's a fact. You don't understand how the analytics and how baseball perspectives and communities work. The Giants haven't had a star player since Tim freaking Lincecum or Evan Longoria in his prime for God's sake. They need good players, and you got to start somewhere. Aaron Judge would be a splash move. Um, a lot of reports are also that if they can't get Judge, then they're going to pivot and go towards Mitch Hanniger or Cody Bellinger. Both of those would be fine additions. Obviously, not as good as Aaron Judge. No to disrespect either one of those players, obviously, but that's the report. If you're Giants fans, ignore this trash and just focus on doing everything you can to court Aaron Judge. Keep getting Steph, you know, continue with, with Steph Curry conversations. Clay Thompson, um, other guys inside the area, the Bay Area. There's uh, maybe you reach out to Baron Davis. I don't know who the hell is. I'm trying to think of guys to play for Golden State or in the, you know, that Bay Area that are pre- prevalence. Tim Tim would not be a bad bad idea. So probably can find him in the gym pumping weights. Astros have officially met with NL All-Star catcher Wilson Contreras the last few days. Um, after they signed Jose Abreu, the rich continue to get richer. Um, I don't know whether or not how prevalent this conversation is. They've had Martin Maldonado there for a couple of years. Jason Castro has been there for, for a couple of years. They traded for Christian Vasquez in the offseason or during the trade deadline, excuse me. Uh, who really didn't do much of anything for that team in general, besides for just being a bench option for, for backup catcher. So that's definitely something to keep a note of. Phillies uh, continue to be the favorites for Trey Turner uh, via J- uh, John Morosi of MLB Network. Uh, This is a pretty consistent theme that the offseason that the Phillies are expected to get Trey Turner. Trey Turner wants to link up with his buddy Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper did have Tommy John surgery on his torn UCL, which is the unilateral collateral ligament. For those who do not know, no, I'm not a doctor, but I know a fair amount of stuff about tommy john um so I'd be curious to see what happens when, about, about the phillies the phillies are trying to get better obviously a lot of reports too they're trying to court maybe xander bogarts if they can't get there but they're going to get a shortstop gene segura is out the door as far as i know he's going to be a free agent they probably won't bring him back just because of the fact that he's going to be wanting a fair amount of money and he's not really worth it he's probably going to be a 10 to 12 million dollar option at shortstop and they they can do better for sure uh, Dansby Swanson is expected to get at least a six years in free agency deal. That's also report off of Bleacher Report this this morning, a couple of hours ago. Uh, there's no report on what teams are still interested. The Dansby Market Swan, the Dansby Swanson market, excuse me, is going to be something that's going to be very t- telling. I think it's going to be the right word to say. Nobody knows what the heck's going to happen with, with, with Dansby Swanson. The longer and longer Atlanta does goes the offering of a contract, opens up the door for significantly more teams. Uh, there's also reports that San Diego Padres are interested in uh, Dansby Swanson, as well as Alexander Bogarts and Carlos Correa, which is interesting considering that they have, obviously, Fernando Tatis Jr., but we all know what's happening with Fernando Tatis Jr. in the offseason, so... We'll keep an ear on that, but that's the latest out of Dansby Swanson's camp. Rays have talked to Jacob deGrom. I don't think this means a damn thing whatsoever. The Rays are a cheap organization. The reason why they spent all that money on uh, Wander Franco was because they knew if they didn't spend him, he's going to go. Uh, I don't know the last time they spent any money over $100 million in general on a free agent player let alone an extension in their own organization. They've been really cheap for a really long time. They just prefer to just ship. They're like kind of like, they're kind of like uh, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. They'd rather trade somebody, get draft uh, or get trade prospect or trade. Uh, what's what I'm looking for. Getting prospects and just overall value back versus just giving somebody an extension. So I don't think there's anything to see there in general. So just want to give you guys an update on that. And the uh, Blue, Toronto Blue Jays hired Don Mattingly as a bench coach. I don't, Really see anything into this? I think this is just a way to get Don Mattingly some more respect, and uh, John Schneider, the uh, the manager there for Toronto, probably is good friends with Don Mattingly, which is why this is happening. Because, quite frankly, not to be rude to Don Mattingly, he ended in a damn thing in a hot minute. So this is just a way to save his possible career and get a job somewhere else, possibly in the foreseeable future. That's gonna be the host of updates. A couple things on the Seahawks and then we're gonna transfer to Kraken and we're gonna hop out for today. Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford will all be out Sunday. This is confirmed uh straight from the source from the horse's mouth of Sean McVeigh. Uh, first game miss in the career for Aaron Donald specifically due to injury. Uh, he missed a couple games in 2017, 2019 due to contract issues and disputes, but he's never missed a game due to injury. So this is a first for Aaron Donald. Uh, Pro Football Focus ranked the Seahawks offensive line 13th overall in the league, which is you know obviously about middle average, slightly above average, which is exactly what I thought it would be. Uh, right in that, right in that appropriate range. Obviously, with two rookie tackles, Abe Lucas has played very well this year. Obviously, he struggled last week versus Max Crosby. And Max Crosby is a freak of nature, to say it politely and nicely. The dude is a monster. So. Be curious and hopeful the Seahawks can draft somebody like him in the draft this year. Obviously, with the high draft pick coming from Denver, I'm not gonna do any Denver, uh, Denver disaster updates today. Uh, there's plenty of stuff on my Twitter handle if you want to find that again. Capital P and W professor. Professor is not in caps, just the P part. So if you guys want to get some more information, the inside scoop and the skinny, go ahead and follow me on that. Ryan Neal uh, was in walkthroughs today for the Hawks. is healthier than expected. No practice today for him, but he is trending towards playing on Sunday, which is a positive note for sure, especially with how uh, Pete was very, very concerned about the injury in the postgame press conference on Sunday. No starting quarterback has been announced for the LA Rams. Uh, Perkins and John Wolford, I believe it is, are going to be battling for the spot. But if that's the case, the Seahawks should be wiping the floor with, with these Rams. They're a bad team. Uh, sounds like there's no Allen Robinson either for them. So they're not going to have their top two, uh, wide receiver options. So it's going to be like Van Jefferson and like Ben Skoranek. I think it is his name Skoranek and it's going to be about that. So that's all I got for Hawks today. There's no injury updates quite yet. I'll probably be getting that later on the course of the day. They normally release that stuff right around two to 3 PM. So I'll have that for you guys probably tomorrow Kraken, What a hell of a game last night. Holy crap. Nine to eight win. The most goals I've ever seen in a hockey game. I mean, no hockey games can even get to the to nine goals. That kind of shows you how much I know. But I keep it real for you guys. I'm keeping it a buck, as G Scott would say. Uh, they nine uh, eight win last night again over over the L A Kings. Goals by Matty Beneers, who had two, Oliver Bjorkstrand who had one, Andre Burakovsky who had two, Jordan Eberle had four assists, uh, McCann had two goals, Daniel Sprong had a goal. Game tomorrow versus the Washington Capitals. Uh, I anticipate, and uh, this is easy to say because they've won, I think, 10 or 11 of their last 13 or 10 of 12, something along those lines. They are 14-5-3, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages. The Seattle Kraken are a damn good hockey team right now. They're a lot of fun to watch. They're scoring a lot of goals. There's good, uh, good puck movement. I'm learning a lot about this team as the season goes on. So bear with me on that. I appreciate you guys' patience. Some of you guys are saying, can we get more Kraken? More Kraken. And I'm trying to get, you know, I hate to even use the analogy, but I'm trying to be a crackhead, and learn more about the Kraken. So apologies for the uh, the crappy choke, but I try and, uh, try and lighten it a little bit for you guys so it's not so mo- monotone in general. With that being said, you guys, that's going to be today's podcast. Um, again, thank you so much for everybody who's been listening and helped me get over the 5,000 case, a stream mark. Really appreciate it. Really, really appreciate you guys. And I'm humbled and thankful for the outcry and the overall just showing of the love for this podcast. I'm going to continue to work on it and get better every single day. Love you guys so much. Appreciate you guys for listening. I will catch you guys tomorrow and have a fantastic Wednesday and a hump day. Peace.